0: hello everyone and welcome to the collision cast once again um as always my name is andrew it's uh it's gonna be kind of a a different podcast if i'm being honest this time around it's it's just gonna be me um and the reason that is is because i've been meaning to sit down and really thank everyone who has been supporting (coughs) the project up till now and I thought this would be the best way to do it Um, so I've interviewed a lot of the people on the team at this point pretty much everyone and because of that it it seems like I really didn't get the interview for myself that I wanted and that that plans to come later so that this isn't going to be a full rundown of who I am and my background or anything like that but I am going to tell you guys how the last 18 months of my life have really just changed me forever, hopefully for the positive, hopefully in a direction that allows me to essentially be happier and healthier and more success-driven in a positive way and to do that with... Your guys' support has been incredible. I have never been in a situation where I felt this level of um, commitment and dedication um, from the people that I'm working with. I've never been in a situation where I felt this level of of, ta- of talent surrounding me and it's just, it's, it's really indescribable. Um, so 18 months ago, I was working a dead-end job. I'm sure there are many that can relate, unfortunately. Um, and I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I had spent my whole life hearing, oh, you're a bright kid, you'll figure it out, oh, you're a bright kid, you'll figure it out, and I had made so many mistakes and spent so long regretting those mistakes that I never really did do anything about it, and I knew that I wanted to do something that made me happy and something that was a creative venture, something that was an intellectual venture, something that was challenging and that's when i came up with the idea for collision gate with my best friend josh um you you guys know him he's he's part of the team uh he's a co-founder and co-creator of collision gate and the whole idea was made with him and well, it started with literally us sitting down to play a game of Yu-Gi-Oh, I believe. And we were talking about how things had changed and how we wished things had changed differently and we wished how things had changed more positively in our in, in our point of view. Yeah, everyone has their own opinion about that game. Um And I basically was telling him about when I was in high school, how I had been making Yu-Gi-Oh cards for fun because I thought that that was an interesting idea and I had seen fan cards before and they almost always were just overpowered or useless BS, if I'm being honest. It's really kind of ridiculous how, how... how much people like to power fantasize in that game. But I I've, I've always thought myself as a different type of creator in, in the vein of creating things in other people's IPs at the time um, in the sense that I liked to almost put myself in as close to the shoes of that person as I could because... I figured if I somehow found a way to be them, quote unquote, while I was writing, I could write the way that they did. And by reading their work, I could also mimic their cadences, their style, the types of verbiage they use, and really understand the characters, and basically attempt to replicate the person I was proud of. Um, And I got pretty good at it, I think. Um, I hope. I like to think, (laughs) I should say. Um, Because many people would tell me that I was doing a pretty good job of replicating the style. Um, For instance, I, I I was a really big fan of Soul Eater. Uh, both the manga and the anime. For those who don't know, yes, I'm just a huge nerd. Um, and I really liked the Excalibur character, and I really liked Soul, and um, I decided that I wanted to write fanfiction for for Soul. And I know, cringe fanfiction. Um, I was just trying to work on my writing ability at the time because someone had told me that a... Traditional artists, whether it be a painter, uh, a drawer, someone who draws, someone who builds sculptors, sculptures, I said sculptors. uh, They typically get their ability from copying things that they they think are cool and trying to, to replicate it. So I figured, why not do the same thing as a writer that they were doing? Because it seems it seems to work. And it's a really similar concept to learning in general. And um, as a fan of Dune growing up, I I kind of prided myself on being the type of person who was learning everything they could about the the concept of, of learning that they had access to. And so I was like, okay, we can apply some different theories to this concept and maybe... I can develop like a ghostwriter type ability and I, I could really, really do something with that. Um, but flash forward to 18 months ago when I was sitting down thinking, why have I spent my whole life learning to replicate all of these different skills when I haven't used them? I, I, I learned how to write, I learned how to give a retrospective review of games, I had been studying design documents since I knew what they were. Um, I, I, I love games, I love the idea of creating a world for people to explore and my fr- I'm 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 fond of saying that animation is the is the highest form of of media art, and I feel that way because voice acting isn't a an easier gig; it is a it is a more difficult gig, at least from the research that I've read and the personal opinions that I hold based on the caliber of voice actors that. I basically have grown up listening to get better over the years and I have to admit that I personally feel that voice acting is a, is a craft on a level that is pretty insane. And so animation takes even the acting perspective of media. And in my opinion, <clears throat> pushes it to its absolute limit and that's even more exemplified by the fact that you can exaggerate things far better in animation than you can even with modern cgi because modern cgi is great don't get me wrong it's getting better and one day it's going to be irrecognizable from reality but even then the suspension of disbelief only goes so far And things can only be made to look so real um, to a point that it it just seems too extra, if you will, because I can't think of a better phrasing. Um, My opinion on that has led me to to come to a lot of different decisions when it comes to the different things that I want to make and the different things that I want to create as a writer as a designer as a creator in general and so when I sat down to make this game I made the decision that my primary goal would be to make something that not only I enjoyed but anyone who took the chance to understand what it was could enjoy Maybe not necessarily. It's their favorite game of all time. Maybe not necessarily. It's the best game ever made. Um, I mean, it's my it's my first game, but I'm really proud of it. I, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> I, I'm really proud of it because I really thought about how it would work and and the different things that had had been asked in the trading card game community, how does balance work? How does um, maintaining balance while uh, curating to a collector's market that seems to build around almost every card game aside from the competitive market? Because I definitely wanted to create a game that existed competitively. I wanted to create a competitive game that I could sit down play with my friends and we could do whatever we wanted. We could we could play however we wanted and I and I wanted to make sure that everything felt like what you were fighting against because that's the thing that I've always kind of had a dissonance with with the games that I've played where Sometimes you definitely feel like a spider or a um a snake or whatever whatever you you are in that game and I'm talking about video games in particular. But in trading card games that concept is so hard to to wrap your mind to, to wrap my mind around. It. Not necessarily your mind, my apologies. Um, my my opinion is that Gaming takes the idea of animation and forces it to its utmost extreme. And for a long time, people didn't realize that. And I don't think that Collision Gate is that, obviously. It's a trading card game. I've made a huge world, but I made that huge world for a reason. I want to build bigger games. I I want to make this one as big as possible. I want to make new genres if possible that's the dream right i want to make new styles of play i want to revolutionize things i want to be that guy i mean and i definitely don't know if i am that person yet i have so much to learn and so much to think about and so much to plan and so much to prepare for and and a a team even better than the one that i've managed to which we're going to get into that but i went i took my shot with collision gate so I sat down and I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to take everything that I've learned, if I'm going to take everything that I've always wanted to do and I'm going to take my shot, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it in a way that lets me have as much control as I need to make sure that my vision gets out there, but allows other people to really make their mark too, because that's what everyone wants. Everyone if everyone is trying their best to make their best work because they want to make their best work, that's how you get those masterpieces. And I figured if I just looked around for the right people who had the skill level and the strength of will to do it, I could do it too. So I basically just pretended to be people I wasn't. I, uh, I was like, what would josh sawyer do what would now everybody's name's gonna escape me but i have there are a lot of people who over the years i've studied their career i've studied the games that they've made i I mentioned josh sawyer because that's one i'll never forget um new vegas is my favorite game of all time and i'm gonna be making a video on that one day and it, it really has changed my life playing that game because it taught me something that i don't think a lot of other games have taught me. There are definitely other examples, but it taught me that decisions matter. And not just in the sense of what, who, when, and where, but how. Why? Those two are the really important ones. Why and how are what make us human. What any creature on the earth can identify. When? I don't think necessarily that every creature in the world has a clock or can tell time from the, from the sun or the, the rotation of the stars, but they have an internal clock that is sometimes far more accurate than anything we were able to come up with for thousands of years, millions of years. Well, I'm not quite sure. I'm, my evolutionary biology is not perfect, so maybe humans aren't old enough to say millions and such an exasperation when it comes to invention. But my point is, we are only capable of doing the things that we do. There is no level of preparation that one can come to before they feel ready. And I had been spending my whole life preparing to become a game designer and I just kept chickening out and because I didn't pursue the path properly, I thought I would never be able to do it. And so I did. I sat down and I poured over the design of hundreds of games and I, I researched some the most popular most with with an intensity. I, I mean I'd been playing Yu Gi Oh and and Magic my whole life. It it only really makes sense to study them as I was growing up because I I was and I just reviewed what what had happened over the years and saw the different mechanics that had failed and saw the different design decisions that they made that should have worked but didn't and and why and and the different things that people had said had failed and the reasonings for it and I just I decided that if I was going to make this I had to do something completely different I had to ch- I had to come up with something that I don't I don't think I've seen before, but I don't know. I, I, the tiering system was was made by me and Josh, because he wanted a replacement for Magic Contributing, and, and I des- and I decided that Magic Contributing was essentially only created to slow down gameplay. And that means that slow down gameplay and manage resources. I should say. And that means that, essentially, if you think about the different ways that you could do that, you can come up with a solution that hopefully can solve a lot of the other problems that you feel, me personally, and a lot of people, I should say, feel about the popular card games. Mulligans are popular, um, life deck, uh, life deck, not life decking, my apologies, um, hand-bricking is so common. <laughs> it's It's so... <sighs> Card games can be really disappointing, and I've definitely had my fair share of those. And I wanted to create a game that hopefully prevented that by design alone. I wanted to create something that inherently could maintain a power creep that could afford almost stagnation, that could afford a level of complexity that only progressed spherically. And by spherically, I mean in a linear progression, and or I'm sorry, a horizontal and a vertical progression at the same time, in a balanced and curated way. And I, I figured if that's true, you could create a game that has that slowdown mechanic built into its system. And since it was also a card limitation that you were, you're wanting to create, you could accomplish the same thing by assigning the same condition to every card. In the event that something's too strong, you can just adjust it. And in the event that something is even stronger than that, you can adjust it even further. And then if p- precaution must be made, change it to what it must be changed to. And so I thought about erratas and, and how erratas work and how changing cards work and how retraining works and how all these different things work. And I realized that the com- the, the problem that I was attempting to solve hadn't been solved for a reason, obviously. Um, But how do you solve it? And I don't... I don't know. In my opinion, I, I think the tiering system does a good job. I think the idea of limiting the game to several different play styles helps to do the job in the event that you can adjust them properly. And allowing cards to be eroded while still being played would definitely help. Being able to pull out those cards that, yeah, they were banned for a season while we got them fixed, but they're back now. And that card that you enjoyed playing, it's a little weaker than it was, but hopefully it's still strong enough to compete the way you needed it to, but in a more balanced and forgiving way for your opponent and, honestly, for yourself. it Games aren't fun when you dominate, even though you think they are. It, games are the most fun when they are a competition between two great wills that are going head-to-head. Games are fun when two people of nearly equal skill come at each other with, ne- with equal odds and fight each other tooth and nail to come to a victory. And at the end of it, they can only walk away with respect for the person that they faced. I've always seen competitive gaming, trading card gaming... PCGs of all kinds, they're really just the modern form of combat, and I'm talking about sports combat to be specific, not the more horrible stuff, even though I know, yes, just as horrible, but that stuff was drilled into us for so long in our, in our evolutionary line that we definitely desire that combat-like experience that level of learning and understanding and to do it in a safe setting that can hopefully be minimally toxic. I know I can never build a community that's not at least a little bit toxic. We build something, people of all kinds will come. And unfortunately, if there are a hundred people in a room, at least one of them is an asshole. Um, But anyways, I want to create something that Uh, rewards people for playing it. And I don't mean pay to earn. I don't mean NFT. I don't mean pay to own or play to own. Sorry, I said pay to own. Um, I mean really rewards you because money doesn't make people happy. Experience does. Satisfaction does. You could have all the money in the world and still not be able to fill whatever it is inside of you that's empty because you haven't dealt with your shit. And for me, I think I've reached that point in my life where I'm just one piece of luck away from having that thing that I've always wanted. And I'm going to be honest, I've always wanted to lead a team of incredible individuals that I don't deserve to lead. I've always wanted to create things. I've always wanted to make things that people need, people want, people desire. And I'm not ready for that type of creation. But I can attempt to be ready to create games. I can attempt to be ready to make great games. Great, create games that really just exploded. <laughs> Hopefully. But but now that we're at the point where I've explained why and when and how, fast forward about six months, because just working dead a job, creating the game, constantly going over it, I had created something that I was really proud of, something that I felt was really worthwhile, but I'd been distracted. Because each of the things that I was doing outside of Collision Gate, whether it was playing games for distraction, um, working, menial tasks, whatever it was, I was feeling pretty empty. Depression. I think everyone can kind of understand. Oh, it's a little windy outside. Sorry if that appears on the mic, but it doesn't look like it is. Um... Anyways, someone walked in to where I was working, and we were talking about something that I was working on at the time, because she told me she was a programmer, and she, she more or less had an hour-long discussion with me, which thankfully, that was one of the few times where I, at that job, had a chance to to be that focused on one conversation, um, because she literally changed my life that day. She she basically told me, Andrew, you have potential, and if you nourish if you nourish that potential, and you work really hard, and you look for advice, and you study really hard, you can really blossom into someone great. And. I mean I'd heard people say like, Hey, you're bright, hey you're a good guy, hey, et cetera, et cetera. You you're gonna turn out all right. But no one had really looked me in the eye and said, Hey, I'm making it. I haven't made it, but I'm making it. I'm a hard worker and I see I work with people that have potential and I see that same potential in you. And I want you to take that and push it as far as you can. She basically said, if you don't accomplish something, you're going to be sad for the rest of your life. And you don't deserve to be sad because you didn't try your hardest. She said, you seem like the type of person who pass or fail as long as you try your best. You're going to be happy because you can try again. You can do better next time you can accomplish whatever you're looking for better the second time and i agreed with her i w- i wanted to take that opportunity and so she set me up in a meeting with someone who i just talked about some of my ideas with and he basically told me the thing you seem most passionate about is the trading card game so why don't you work on that he said the the other things that you have they're interesting but those those problems have already been solved so there's no point in attempting to take your first risk on something that has been solved if you don't know that it being solved your way will be marketable. He said, unfortunately, Andrew, as, as much as you're passionate about something in this world, this day and age, I mean, it was the middle of COVID, so I kind of got where he was coming from at the time. People are are focused on finding things that, that help others, finding things that make them happy, or finding things that distract them from whatever's going on. He said, so your best bet is since you're passionate about it anyways, is to come up with something that you think solves that problem you were talking about because i was telling him about my opinion on trading card games and he basically told me okay do it you you care you obviously seem to care he said you come to the conclusion that you're in a niche field you're creating something that not everyone will be into and that you're a first time developer, first time designer, whatever role you end up taking. And you should understand that your chances are still low. Even if you have an amazing idea, even if you have an amazing pitch, even if you get a great marketing team and and the money to, to fund a great marketing campaign there's still a chance that you, you're going to fail and you need to be okay with that. He said you shouldn't set out with that in mind. You shouldn't set out with, oh, I'm going to fail and this is going to be just a learning experience. But you should understand that that's the most likely scenario. And I was like, okay, I can understand that. And, that, and you're right. It, it, doesn't, it wouldn't bother me if I gave everything that I had and I failed because then I knew that I at least gave everything that I had and then I can try again. And I could try harder and I can mourn the thing that failed in a way that's only positive from the future development of my team, of my company, and of my ideas. And he basically heard me say, say more or less that. and He said, do it. He said, don't worry about money. Don't worry about fame. Don't worry about anything. He said, "Make your, finish making your game. Show it to a bunch of people that you know that play card games. And he said, be honest with them. He said, if you have to, shake their their shoulders and say, I'm not looking for a pick-me-up. I'm looking for real criticism. I need you to look at this game like it's the next hot thing that you just paid $100 for, and now you're sitting down to play it. How is it? He said, if you can get people to really do that for you, While looking at the game for free and getting them a chance to really give it the in-depth look that most people don't get for a demo, you will be able to craft yourself something that you're going to be proud of. So I took his advice as well as some other notes that he and I had passed. um, He passed to me, I should say. And I just got to work and. I was trying really hard to find artists at the time and I had a couple of people that I grew up with who was pretty sure they'd be able to tell me if it was a good idea what I was trying to do and actually accomplish what I was trying to do because for those of you who don't know, um, I did not direct the design of the archetypes very much in the sense that for these first eight archetypes, I chose artists who could take the card effect that I was giving them and the name that I was giving them and come up with something. And when I sat down and explained it to Ashley, because Ashley was the first person who I was able to find, because I was looking for a master first, I figured if I could find someone who was on Ashley's level in the art department, that gave us our highest chance of success because I don't even think she realizes it, but with the amount of time she has in and the amount of effort <clears throat> that she's able to consistently put into her self development as an artist, she is one of the best artists in the world, in my opinion. Because she she doesn't she may not necessarily be able to work a pen. Or a brush or a digital screen as much as or as well as I would say a million other people to be dramatic but she can learn that because she cares a lot about the fact that she is an artist and she draws literally for fun all the time and that's really what this is and after talking with her and, and getting to know her, I sat down and I sat down with Josh and I sat down with myself and I sat down with my wife. And I knew that I wanted to do something different. Even different than the game I had attempted to design. So I sent out some sent out a handful of emails to some TCG players who I knew in the community, either as social media influencers, I guess is the word, or content creators, or et cetera, et cetera. And I sent them the game, and I said, hey, this is what I've got going on. This is the earliest possible alpha. I'm really sorry about that. But I actually need to take a detour to learn some stuff and relearn some other stuff. And so a couple of people got back to me, and they told me what they thought. And I got a, I got quite a few confidence boosters. I got one reality check. Um, reality checks are far more important to me than confidence boosters, in my opinion, because I'm new. I, I, this is my first project, and I don't know if it's going to be enough yet. But I do know that it has the potential to be enough. I do know that it has the potential to be more than enough. So I decided to relearn Solidity from the ground up so I would understand it and start learning Morales, Pink Sail, other applications at the time, that name escaped me now, and figure out what would be the best possible way to make a cryptocurrency and keep it safe for other people and put people in a position to be like, hey, I support you, and because I support you, we're going to give you this and maybe get myself a couple of Ashleys. Because at the time, the money that I'd put back was essentially enough to pay Ashley to help me create the game. And I could have done the long process. And that was originally my plan, but I decided I wanted to really take my shot. I knew that I loved cryptocurrency and I knew that I still believed in it and I still do. And so I decided to create my own. And I decided to use Binance because, at the time, I, I was a fan of how the applications on Binance were evolving and how the implementations that were available to people were getting updated on a regular basis, and so I came to the decision that Binance was my favorite, and it was the, it was the chain that I traded on, so that's what I did. I made it on Binance, and wow. The The level of support that I received, I mean, I didn't break records, obviously, um, but emotionally speaking, it was the happiest day of my life. <sighs> Sorry. When the first of you guys talked to me one-on-one, and you showed me essentially that, hey, we, we care about crypto, we care about this idea, but we care about you trying your hardest the way that I always wanted to. You guys didn't ask me to become someone i wasn't you guys didn't ask me to do something i wasn't capable of you trusted me and i cried like a child (laughs) um i was at that developer's house who to this day still serves as one of my one of my friends and Often one of my advisors and I I just cried and tears of joy and I called my friends and I told them like, hey, I managed to make something happen. I didn't tell everybody exactly what I was doing because I I knew at the time things were definitely really shaky when it came to, to people's trust on cryptocurrency and so i just told a handful of people like hey the, i'm going to i'm going to do this i've never i've never done such an abrupt change in my life i mean i guess there was one other time but even then i had a plan and i had a plan here and i put together some some theoreticals but I'm gonna be honest. At the time, it was just me and Ashley. I didn't think, I didn't think that you guys would show up. I didn't think we deserved it. I, I definitely still feel as though we're earning it. Um, things on the crypto side have not gone great because it took it took Binance Smart Chain Scan a really long time to get back to me and let me prove my identity to them. And. So Collision Token really took a long time to see the development that it needed. Um, but in those first few months, I, I was a little crushed, and, and not not in a negative way. It, it, it impacted me negatively because I didn't understand what it was I was feeling at the time. I needed to really think about it, sit down, feel it, understand what I had been doing and what I was going to do, and what everything that I was doing meant, now that I had gotten it here. And so, I decided to just learn everything that I could, meet as many people as as I could, and just do my best to really try and get my knowledge up before I got my face out there because I knew that collision gate would only work if we were prepared and I knew that collision gate would only work if we understood what prepared meant because in the event of the best possible scenario where we receive an incredible amount of support even that holds its own challenges. If you're not aware, Magic the Gathering was so successful when it started that it was actually unable to meet the demand. And so many children, many store owners, many everything at the time that was selling and distributing them, purchasing them for personal use, they just didn't have the supply that they needed. and so because of that, sold out over and over again, and while selling out is great for publicity's sake, um, those first, that first release is the most important because that's the one where you can attempt to earn lifelong supporters, consumers. I always. I always do not know what word to use for you guys. I like supporters a lot better, Um, but anyways, (sighs) I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Uh, I believe I was saying that having you guys there essentially put a positive weight on my shoulders that I had never felt before. And I understood that you guys had realistic expectations for me, and I understood that I had several plans and that I was going with the most realistic and cheapest of them in order to ensure the greatest possible success, but I had not really considered that it would continue to succeed if that makes sense. Um, You learn a lot about yourself when you're faced with something like this, because you essentially are given the opportunity to make your dreams come true because other people invested in it, paid for it, however however you wanna phrase it. And that's insane. I I don't know how people handle that. It it was it, it triggered the biggest imposter syndrome I've ever felt in my life. But to summarize it. And so I was struggling with this feeling. I was struggling with this feeling while trying to together this team that i call them the avengers um in my head i haven't told any of them that um because i i i wanted to pull tony stark i wanted to put together a team that was capable of being more than the sum of its parts i wanted to create something that was larger than me something that was Important to other people, because that's all I've really ever wanted was for someone to look at something that I created and think that it was worthy enough to use, to play with, to enjoy as a video game or read as a story, and and now I, I've been given that opportunity to to try and see if that's true and. I think so. I mean, Collision Gate is huge. It You guys know that there are, are four archetypes being released um, for the physical card game right now. That's only half of the archetypes that we have for the physical release. <coughs> Excuse me. For the first year. Um, and then after that, we will be releasing either eight decks a year or four decks a year, and we have the majority of that already we we have support cards that come in um my apologies not support um we've booster pack cards as well we we have, we have a card gallery that's nearly 2000 cards large already and it, <laughs> and we were only able to do that because we have some incredible people on my t- on this team and I almost said my team again, (laughs) Uh, I guess technically, Um, but anyways, these guys made this possible. You guys made this possible. I just kind of panic put it together (laughs) Um, and continued to to learn and and stay as level-headed as possible. As I made it through, um, and as many of you know, uh, I had a pretty uh, at a pretty tough time not too long ago. But things happen, and you have to learn that not everything's worth learning from. And not everything's worth forgetting. Not everything's worth abandoning or letting feel abandoned. I'm talking about a personal matter, nothing to do with this. Uh, some of some of the supporters, some of the people listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about. And um, it taught me a lot about me. Mainly that I'm not Andrew anymore. Like I'm someone who changed so much over the past year and evolved in hopefully a good way. I feel like I've grown a lot as a person and I feel like I have a lot more growing plan. I know that basically everyone involved with the project and in my life and around me is incredible and i'm so grateful to have any of you whether you're an artist on the team whether you're the developer whether you're my uh, your fellow designers uh, or someone else who wears several hats or you're in marketing or you're just a supporter You mean so much to me. I really hope to help grow the family that you guys are a part of by creating something that people want. Um, I know that several of the the supporters are going to continue to use that particular phrasing. (laughs) Phrasing! Um, I'm going to continue to use that particular phrasing throughout the rest of this in, in the event that I talk about you guys like that again um, essentially essentially I want to do right by you guys I want to do right by everyone on the team and it's it's weird. <laughs> If I'm being honest, it's a little strange to be trusted with anything by strangers and by people that look to you to lead. I I still kind of just remind myself that I'm just a guy every, every time I think about that because it just doesn't feel real yet, and I think it's because I don't... I don't think I've earned it yet. Um, I don't think I'm there yet. I think I definitely have more to learn, more to do, more to accomplish. and I have only gotten this far because of everyone who listens to this podcast, who tunes into our dumb funny, hopefully, YouTube videos who actually cares about this. And we're just some guys and girl. So I guess there are more than one but only one's public. Um, Just a bunch of people that care about this. And if you want to care about this, too, and you want to care about this project, and you tuned into this podcast because it's a special podcast and you didn't know what it was going on, check it out. Like, We worked really hard, and we're going to continue to work really hard if you guys want us to. And that's really what matters. That's the thing that maybe not every game designer is willing to admit or every game developer or et cetera, et cetera. We don't move unless you say so. We can make great games, but if you guys don't play them, what's the point? We don't make enough money to support that fact, to, to pay for the women and children and families and men and other involved how do we do anything it, it's, it's rough the, the work that they've been put through when it comes to pulling double duty and working to accomplish particular things and I know that with their help we can really make a great game and then move on to make a great learning platform and a great exchange tool and a great organizing tool for your potential profits across time. Things that people have been looking for with the tweaks that I know that they want. Tweaks that are common asked for and commonly asked for, sorry, and that are correct in my opinion. I I can only do what I think is best and that decision is educated by the opinion of the masses that I can find and I usually spend quite a bit of time making sure that nothing is wrong with what we're working on and I know that we've done the best that we can to this point, so it's only going to get better as we learn. Hopefully, hopefully we don't end up being one-hit wonders in the event this reaches the success that you guys can help it get to. Um, but yeah, sorry that this if this came off slightly bummery. <laughs> It was literally the opposite. Um, I was just really emotional the whole time. Thank you, truly. Thank you. I don't know what I would do uh, if I had been given if I had been given this opportunity. I I know that I wasn't happy before, and I know that now I'm happier than I've ever been. And that I only see ways to make myself happier by continuing to work. Genuinely researching about different games, researching about different marketing strategies, researching about different people in the industries that we're involved with. They're what I did for fun before. And they're what I do now in order to educate myself, to prepare myself for my work day. And that's amazing it's so amazing to be able to put together plans and actually see them come together to be able to put together plans and actually do everything i can to make sure that my word stays true to make sure that my time frame stays real that my process stays real i know that not everything we have done at this point has been perfect and maybe not everything we've done has been good enough for what I know we're capable of but I know that what we've done was done with pride and was done with the hope of fixing it and making it better next time even though that pride was there because every everyone involved with this project cares about what they do first and foremost i mean aside from maybe their family obviously and their health hopefully um all of them care about this and care about you guys i know that I often only serve as the the communication between the investors, supporters, and now players um, and and the team. But that's not because they don't care about you guys. They do. It's because they know that it's kind of (laughs) difficult to come out of that introverted shell. And as the... As the raging, ra- raging, I meant ranging. Um, is that correct? Rain, raining. Yes. As the raining ambient vert, <laughs> amongst us, I, uh, I make a point of communicating with you guys when I can, and what I can, how I can, and as honestly as possible. We're, we're right around the corner, guys, and. I don't know if it's gonna turn out amazing, but I do know that we're gonna keep doing everything we can to make this better. We're gonna do everything that we can to continue making a product that's incredible because gate is our baby and we wanna make it amazing because we want everyone to play it. We want everyone to enjoy it. We want everyone to participate and As long as we care about that, people will come. I fully believe that. That's what brought you guys here. That's what brought all the people that have been involved so far here. And because of that, we're able to go much further with our future income. The number of people that we've gotten involved who care about The success of this company as a whole is very important. If we can get the number even larger when it comes to people that care about the whole, that's 100% of business. Sure, there are quite a bit of businesses that are just people coming in and out, but this type of business, that's not how it works. We have to make a game that people really want to enjoy and not only really enjoy but understand what we hope are it's interesting and cool little intricacies because I mean they're only cool if you guys think they're cool I mean we think they're cool but if you guys don't think so then they're not (laughs) but yeah I I don't really have much more to say Um, sorry this wasn't a huge like detailed, this is what I've done my whole life type thing, but I'm, I'm a self-taught Solidity programmer, or I'm a self-taught game designer, I'm a self-taught C-sharp programmer, self-taught Unity programmer. I mean, I've not really done anything besides this that's worth noting. Um, I've worked on making my own games for a while now and just never really took it to this level of extreme and this is my first time really hitting the nail on the head I hope with all that said guys thank you so much really I appreciate it I hope you have a beautiful day or if you're watching this at night I hope you have a great night either way I appreciate your support I appreciate your time and bye bye